Life is quite different for us now, isn't it? We are certainly living in some different type of days. We're getting to spend a lot of time with a lot of the same people in a lot of the same space. And I know for a lot of us, that is a challenge. Now, I know you're not all at home binge watching Netflix and catching up on the latest show. I know a lot of you are trying to wear different hats right now. You're being parents, you're being um, good employees, you're trying to be educators for your kids, you are entertaining, you're being chefs and caterers, and, and you are doing all these things to try to keep things up and running. I know for our family, we're just trying to give kids something to look forward to each day now that they're on spring break. But uh, I don't think uh, deep cleaning every room of the house was exactly what they had in mind. But, you know, it's working for us. So I'm hoping for you and your family, you guys are finding ways to cope through these times as well. Um, I'm that thought of, of looking forward to something and, and being able to tell good stories out of this time. I think that's important for us because I think that we get a chance to share those positive stories with the world around us. And that's the good news that they're looking for. Um, there's a story we're going we're gonna to read about in Luke chapter 5 today that is good news for us, but it comes to people who needed to hear good news at the same time. And so we're going to dig into that together. Uh, if you want to turn with me to Luke chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 11, we're going to discover some blessings that came in the midst of an unexpected time. So let's turn to Luke 5. This has been uh, part of the sequence of stories that Luke has given us, kind of like season one of Jesus's ministry. And so we're catching all these episodes of this uh, first year of Jesus's ministry, and we're discovering that he is beginning to call others to follow him as disciples. And that's the story we're going to get into today. So let's open up our journal Bibles and let's dig into starting at verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But their fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Okay, so this story uh, connects with several other passages in the other Gospels that tell a similar story. Uh, and Luke, though, gives us a little extra glimpse at some more details. We discover a little bit more. See, Luke shows us that this probably wasn't the first conversation that's happened between Jesus and these fishermen. Uh, we can piece together clues from this passage and the other Gospels that help us realize that Jesus lived in Capernaum as he started his ministry, that the, this fishing town, this is where he was stationed as, uh, as an adult in this time. And we can piece together the thoughts that Luke had already told us that he had been to Simon Peter's house uh, after teaching in the synagogue one morning and had done a miracle there in healing his mother-in-law. And the teaching that he's been doing, we now have a crowd of people gathering around him. And so we recognize that this is probably not the first time that he's been teaching. They've probably come back to hear him teach again. And all this, we say all this because this gives us the insight that there is a relational context between Jesus and these fishermen. They are familiar with him, even though they're not followers of him yet. And we're going to discover that, that that might be your story as well, that you're familiar with Jesus. Maybe you are familiar with the stories you've heard about of him. You've, you've been to church before. You've been praying to him. You are connected uh, with a group of people that, that know Jesus. But the question maybe for you is, are you a follower of him yet? 
And we're going to dig into that a little bit farther. Let's keep reading and see what happens next. Uh, verse 4. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Now, this story with Jesus and the fishermen takes an interesting turn for us, doesn't it? See, Jesus was this new religious leader in town, the rabbi who had been teaching in the synagogue. And now he comes to the fishermen and he's been teaching the crowd there on the beach. And now he turns from teaching the crowd to coming to this, this very personal conversation with, with Simon. And he directs him into what to do next for his job. Now, Simon and his crew, they've been fishing all night. They've caught nothing. They've spent all this effort and all this work with no fruit for their effort. And that seems like they had kind of settled at this point in the, in the morning that they are done. They're cleaning the nets. They're packing them away for the next day. And they are just kind of giving up on this disappointing day. Now, we've all been there, right? We've all had disappointing days. We've worked hard. We've done a lot of work to no avail. And it feels like just as soon as you may clean a room, it's dirty again. Just as soon as you have great terms on in your relationship, something else comes up and makes it worse. Just as soon as you feel like you've invested in your retirement fund and all is good, a downturn in the economy and you're not certain what's going to come out of it now. Now, Jesus will do what's surprising. This religious leader, who he was a son of a carpenter, a son of a craftsman, he's going to give instructions to the fishermen about where they could find fish. And that doesn't seem like that's exactly good advice, right? If I was a fisherman, I'd be talking to the other fishermen to figure out where the good fish are at in the boat. Now, Peter and his crew, it's a large crew. It's a family business. They've got hired hands. They're really good at fishing. This is something that they're good at. And, and Simon Peter has his chance to hear this advice and whether he's going to heed the advice or not. He knows it's the wrong time of day. He knows that the fish aren't biting. He knows that there's nothing in that location because that's not where fish would be at this time. In all of Peter's expertise, following Jesus's advice would seem ridiculous. And it would seem like that's not going to work. But Peter has this chance to follow Jesus's advice. Now, let's pause here for a moment. Let's talk about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some answers on the, on the screen here for you guys to, to ask there in, in your house or with your friends or, or just if you're by yourself. Just contemplate on these thoughts. Pause the video and, and try to answer these questions. First one for you is this. How would you react to an outsider telling you how to do your job? Would it have mattered if you knew who he was? Second question is, how well do you take input from others? Are you open and teachable, or do you more often feel like you're good on your own? Now, in this moment, Peter could have made a lot of excuses to Jesus, right? He could have chosen not to heed his directions. And I get it, Peter had already seen a miracle in his own home, but that didn't necessarily make Jesus an expert fisherman. That spiritual advice was good for spiritual things, but did it translate into Peter's everyday work life? That's the real question here. Now, most of us would probably laugh at a suggestion from somebody who's not an expert in their field, but thinks that they know what, what they're talking about. And most of us would probably have missed out on what Jesus has to offer. 
And that's something we want to remember that, that when we make excuses to Jesus, you're going to miss out on what Jesus is about to offer you. And whether that's in your spiritual life or in your everyday life, which is technically all spiritual, you're going to miss out on what Jesus has to offer. Now, it can be easier to believe in what you know instead of trusting in what you don't see. And it's a lot easier to make excuses based on what our own expertise says, but you are still going to be missing out on what the expertise of Jesus has to offer you. So good news for Peter, instead of making excuses, he decides to follow Jesus. In fact, he even calls Jesus master, which in Greek is epistata, meaning that Jesus is in charge. And considering that Peter is still a fisherman who is just observing what Jesus is doing, he hasn't made that decision to follow him as a disciple yet. This is a, a big change for, for, for Peter. This shows that underneath that rough shell, that rough exterior, underneath all that um, bold and brash and that passionate personality has, that there is someone who's willing to learn. There's some character in there, someone who is coachable. Now, when I was coaching Little League Soccer for years, uh, we would do a thing where we'd have a draft for teams and we'd get all the kids out on the field, we'd watch them play, take notes, figure out who were the all-star kids, who were the kids that needed the help, and we'd rank them and then we would divide them up to try to even out the teams. But I have to confess, I cheated a little bit in that. See, I knew which kids were going to be the, the kids that could win on the, on the field, that they were the, the all-star kids. And I didn't pick them for my team. In fact, I picked the kids that I thought were pretty coachable instead. Uh, based on whether I knew something about their family or what I saw in them on the field, I wanted a team full of, of kids who could listen to their coach, who could take instruction, who could change how they play based on what the coach told them, and they were open to that. Because I knew that if I could coach them a little bit more, that the next coach would, could coach them even farther, and they would continue to grow. And that was the type of team I wanted to have. I wanted to have a team that could grow and players that could improve well beyond anything I could offer them and that I would one day get to see some amazing things out of them, which I have. Now, I think this is kind of the what Jesus saw in Peter in this time. He saw a lot of potential in him and he wanted to open up that potential. Let's keep reading here and see what happens next in the story. Verse six. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to the partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled their boat so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down on Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Now that catch, that was a miracle, right? Such an amazing catch. Following Jesus' instruction is productive. Almost too productive, right? It would have been a celebration there in the boat. The amazing miracle of that catch and pulling that in, it's kind of like finding buried treasure for someone who didn't know where the treasure was. But let's look at Peter's reaction in this. His response of humility, of, of bowing and confessing his sinfulness to Jesus, 
It's based on this belief that such a holy and righteous man would want nothing to do with such a sinner as Peter felt he was. And I think that's the way we feel a lot of times too, that it's dangerous to be a sinner in the presence of God. Peter might have thought that lightning was about to strike him right there in that boat if uh, he, if Jesus really knew who he was. Now, now, Peter had no problem getting into that boat, right, with his brother and partners and the other hired hands. He did that every day. And maybe it's easy to hide in a crowd of people, to not think about who we are in view of who God is. Maybe it's easier to keep others at arm's distance, like we're trying to practice some CDC, COVID-19, social distancing with our own hearts or something. Maybe we've We've never been more than just acquaintances with the Son of God. We've never made it personal with Him. Maybe we feel like no holy or righteous person would ever want to step into our lives ourselves. And so, you know, the, even the thought of being part of a church filled with people who are pursuing God does not connect with us. Maybe we feel like we're just a sinner. What would God want to do with me? Well, here's the good news. Here's the good news for all of us. And it's good news for, for people who haven't even heard it yet. Because here's the thing. Jesus steps into that boat with Peter, with sinners, with all of us. He steps into our boat, right? Fully knowing who we are because he has context with them already. He knows everything about them, just like he knows everything about us. And he does this for good reason. Jesus wasn't just willing to stay away. He was wanting to make it personal. Jesus brings his message into their mess. The son of God, he wasn't looking to spend just an afternoon on the lake with some guys. He was wanting to invite them into the rest of his life on earth with these guys. Doesn't our world need to know that the final verdict in determining whether God wants to spend time with us is not based on our unworthiness, but on how much God wants to be with us. That's good news. And we read that, that God wants to be with us all, not wanting any of us to perish, that, that there's nothing that we could do that would separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. We need to remember that God wants to join you so that you can join him in the most rewarding life that you've never seen happen yet. But before you get to thinking that life with Jesus means you'll have the best days of your life and everything will be reward and blessing so much that your boat's gonna sink with all the blessing that Jesus is gonna pour onto your life, let's look at what happens next in this passage. Verse 11. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Now we read that passage and we've read it before, right? We often recognize that it's shocking that they leave their boats and the nets and they leave their business and their father and, and uh, they just go and leave to follow Jesus. But do you understand what also they left behind? They left the catch, that miraculous catch of fish. They left it behind for somebody else to enjoy. Not only that, but the potential of the idea of of Jesus could give them everything else that they needed by pointing to where the next catch of fish was going to be in the lake. That's what we often are doing. We're often looking for that. We're trying to live miracle to miracle, trying to find what Jesus is going to offer us next. 
And it's tempting to be like a crowd like that. It's tempting to just be drawn to a miracle, waiting for the next one, but you're always going to miss out on something greater when you're only looking for the miracle instead of the miracle maker. But that's how some of us live our faith, right? It's like we're scrolling through Instagram, looking for an image that's worth us pressing like on, or, and we keep passing up the mundane and the ordinary things, not engaging until we, we see something amazing and then we like it. We're fishing for a catch, we're, we're waiting. But we never thought about starting with Jesus and asking him, where are the fish today? We never thought about looking for God in every single thing we view, in every moment of life we have in front of us. We never thought of saying, let me just leave all of that behind and I'm just gonna go with you and wherever you're at today. See, the real catch here is the chance to be with the miracle maker. Jesus put a calling on Peter's life to follow him like students following a rabbi, learning from their teacher, taking instruction from their coach, learning who they have the potential to be with him. You have a calling on your life as well. And now it's not like Simon Peter's, that was his and this is yours. You might not be asked to drop your nets. You, you may be called to catch the people right there where you're at, where you're working, where you're living, where you're going to school at the people you have context with. Your calling from Jesus, it might be to drop your nets. It might seem illogical. It might have opposition. You might even have scoffers on the shore pointing and looking at what you're doing. But I want you to trust the calling that you receive. Trust that Jesus knows what he is talking about. Not a single person besides Jesus knew that there were fish in that water at that time and at that place because they would have all been out there fishing that spot if they did. But Jesus knew. Jesus knows what nobody else knows about you. And I want you to trust that Jesus knows what he's talking about, even when we can't see it. Now, too often our response to such a miraculous catch might be to ask Jesus to show us where the next catch of fish is, where we could capitalize on that. Not many of us would leave the, the best catch of our life behind on top of all the future opportunity for success behind as well. We might want to have Jesus bless us in the way we think we need to be blessed. And, and I'm sure we have all prayed the prayers asking Jesus to take care of our needs during this uh, pandemic to, and thinking of what do I think I need and that's what my requests are. But let me challenge you to ask Jesus to give you what he thinks you need during this. I want you to trust that Jesus's direction for your life will yield what he wants for your life, not what we think we need in our life. Sometimes Jesus takes us to unexpected places in unexpected ways with unexpected results that are going to stretch us. But none of that really surprises Jesus. He knew all along where the catch of fish was. He knew all along the potential in Peter's life. He knows all along everything about you because he made you. Peter discovered that God could really use him for God's purposes because he realized he needed God, not the other way around. When we don't bring anything to the table except our willingness to follow God, that's where God gets to do his very best work in us. Now, let's end our time with this. I want you to try something with me. Uh, would you bring something to the table that, or, or to the room where you're at there, and, and a literal thing? So maybe this is like your wallet or, or your billfold. 
Uh, I want you to bring maybe a schedule or something that reflects a talent or skill that you have. Some resource that you, you can put out in front of everybody so that who you're there with can see it. Or if you're by yourself, so you can see it sitting there in front of you. If it's your wallet, pull the money out, that whatever's in there, just go ahead and pull that out so you see the very tangible things. And in a minute here, I want you to pause. I want you to pray and invite God to show you how he wants you to use that instead of how you think you need to use that. I want you to talk about this with the people that you're there with and, and ask them what do they think God is telling you what to do with that. I want you to take notes on that. Make a list. Put it on your fridge or a cabinet door or on, on the mirror. Uh, at the end of the week, keep talking through this. Pray about this all week long and invite God to tell you what does he want you to do with what he's given you. What is he calling you to do? And then I want to uh, let you answer these questions. As you pause this video and pray over that object, I want you to answer these two questions as well. And then we'll come back and we'll pray and close out our time. First question is this, get practical. What would it look like for you to leave all your plans for this thing behind and instead let God direct you how to use it? Second question is this, and it gets personal. How would letting God use this change you? Now, this is going to get exciting for us, right? And I want you to trust God through this. I want you to keep these ideas posted. I want you to talk about it. I want you to pray about it. But I, I cannot wait to hear the stories about it. I hope that one day we are all telling stories about what God was able to do during this time. Now, let me pray a prayer that will launch us into that that idea of stories beyond what we could understand. Let me pray this prayer from Ephesians 3 with you. Would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, I pray that from your glorious unlimited resources, you will empower us with inner strength through your spirit. I pray that Christ will make his home in our hearts as we trust in him. I pray that our roots will grow down into your love and keep us strong. And I pray that we may have the power to understand, as all your people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep your love is. May we experience the love of Christ, though it is too great for us to fully understand. May we be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from you, God. Now, God, all glory belongs to you, who is able, through your mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think or imagine. All glory to you, God, and to Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Have an unexpected week this week, guys.